Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. Um, Rediscovering the essentials of an abundant life. I just thought, as I looked at our first, I don't know, seven sermons of this year, as we dig into the Bible and we start to move through the Old Testament this year, um, beginning to end, it's just what a wonderful time to, to think about starting over, starting some aspect of our life over. And so last week, Nate started us off um, just helping us rediscover God's purpose for our lives. It seems like every, everything starts with that. And so this week, I'm continuing on, and we're looking at rediscovering the power of our choices, okay? And so we're going to be looking into that as we talk about choices. I, I know that if we want to live an abundant life, a life that, that's up and above the circumstances that we face, then we're going to have to start and continue to consistently make good choices. Um, some people are better at making good choices than others. I, I found this guy, and he is not very good at making uh, a choice. Just take a look at this. This is Steven McIntosh, and this is the treadmill ball jump. <laughs> okay, good choice, bad choice? Bad. <laughs> Humorous, yet, yet dumb, okay? And you're going to hear me say something uh, over and over today. Dumb, but not done, okay? Because this guy up here, yeah, that was a dumb choice, but he's not done, okay? Uh, and not to over-spiritualize it, but God still loves him even though he's a dork, right? God still has a plan for that guy's life. Now, I can, I, I haven't, uh, I've not been dumb in that way where I would do the, the treadmill ball jump, but I have made a few really dumb choices in my life. And you know the very first one that came to my mind as I was writing this sermon, like, just, boy, I was dumb that day. Um, I remember when I was in 10th grade, I was 15 going on 16, and, and I, I, I play basketball, so I was on the team, and we went to this summer camp, and we had some downtime between games, and I remember being in the dorms, and I had this, this friend, acquaintance, you know, uh, on the team, and, and he, did, he chewed tobacco, like he 15, 16 years old, and he practically was wearing a hole in his lip, and uh, he's like, kind of, they were passing around, and and just, you know, laughing about it and whatnot. And, and I, you know, I, I didn't really get into that circle very much. But I happened to go in there and I just kind of gave into peer pressure that day. And I took a little bit of that stuff and I put it in my lip. And it lasted about three seconds before I thought, this tastes so gross. I spit that stuff out um, just as fast as I possibly could. And of course, everybody laughed at me and I... I felt embarrassed because here I am supposed to be a Christian kid and I'm, putting, I'm chewing tobacco with my buddies and whatnot. So um, that was a dumb choice. But even though I was dumb, I wasn't done, right? God still loved me. God had a plan for my life. And I 
I believe later on I even had a, a chance to apologize for that because I felt like that had hurt my testimony with those guys. And so, yeah, that was, that was dumb. How many of you can relate to what I'm talking about? Not necessarily with chewing tobacco, but you just go, yeah, I've made some dumb choices. <clears throat> How many of you are glad that, yeah, you were dumb, but you're not done? Amen. God still loves you. God has a plan for your life, and he's going to do amazing things with you. One thing that um, my father-in-law always likes to say is he says, you know, God's not angry with you. God's not angry with you. You might have been dumb for a day, but he's, he's not angry with you. Remember, his mercies are new every morning. And so, yeah, we've, we've all made a few dumb choices now and again, and, and, and occasionally we still make those dumb choices. I, um, I know that I, I put my foot in my mouth sometimes in speaking with my wife and, and say stuff that just like one second later I go, I wish I could reel that back in. How many of you guys can testify to that? You, yeah, Barry, me and you, we're going to start a club. The things that you don't say to your wife club. And so, yeah, I've been there. Uh, if we, uh, we can also testify that if we constantly or consistently make dumb or bad choices, that bad things result from that. And your life can end up being pretty miserable if all you make is, is bad choices. And so, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, living an abundant life really hinges on whether or not we can and, and learn to uh, start and maintain those those good choices. So I want us to examine the first people in the Bible who are faced with a choice. And from their experience, we're going to answer a few questions. Namely this, why did God give us the ability to make choices? Um, what do we do when we can't tell the difference between a good and a bad choice? What if they look really similar? Uh, and then lastly, why are good choices an essential characteristic of an abundant life? So turn with me today to Genesis chapter 2. Verse 8. And would you stand with me today? Let's stand and read. I don't often have you stand and read the word with me, but we will today. And if you need a Bible, um, we have one for you. If you just forgot yours or you don't have one, you're welcome to uh, borrow or have one of ours. Just raise a hand and an usher would be glad to get you one. Consider it a gift from Cornerstone Church. So here we go. Genesis 2, verse 8. Read with me here. Then the Lord God planted a garden in, the, in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Skip up with me to verse 15. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it, but the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Go and have a seat. So, taking a look, we see one garden, one God, two people. Many, many good trees to eat, but only one tree that they can't eat. Okay? One thing, just as a kind of a side note, one thing I noticed right away is that God put two special trees in the garden, but he only told them to not eat one of them, right? So they could eat every tree, including the tree of life. I find that really interesting. I've never noticed that before until I, I got uh, studying this this week. And thinking about that tree of life, we see it at the beginning of the Bible, and then if we go to the very end of the Bible, 
Revelation 22, verse 2, tells us that in the New Jerusalem, there are going to be at least two trees of life. One on each side of this river that flows out of uh, God's throne room. And it says that it'll bear 12 crops, one every month, and the leaves of those trees will be for the healing, uh, like medicine for the people. And so I, I just found that really interesting that, that there was two trees, but they could actually eat one of them. So many, many options, okay? And this is our, our first actionable insight that, I've, that I see here, okay? God gives them many options and only one thing that they can't do. And I think that that's really true for us today as well. When we consider the choices that God presents us with, He gives us many good choices, many things to choose from, okay? When we really stop and consider all the things that God allows us to do and compare it to the things that He says, you know, I'd, I'd probably stay away from that. The things that He says we can do far outnumber those things uh, that we can't do. And so... Contrary to what some people believe, God isn't looking to limit us as much as he is looking to keep us free. God is looking to keep us free. And he loves to give us a lot of of choices. Why does he do that? Why would God give us a lot of really good choices? Well, I think it is an example of it is just the diversity that he's created in creation. And not only in creation, but also in people. There are so many tastes and personalities and perspectives. And God delights in seeing those perspectives and those personalities expressed. And so this answers the question, well, why did God give us a choice if he knew there was a chance that we were going to fail? Well, he wanted to see us express the personalities and the perspectives that he put inside of us. So I want you to also notice that the good choices that God gives us are, are good because they don't lead to addictions. They don't lead to uh, us becoming a slave to that choice. Okay? So to understand that, think about bad choices for a moment. Because I found it interesting as I was just thinking about this and thinking about good and bad choices. It seems like there are a lot of bad choices that once you start making them, You have a really hard time stopping making those. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely, right? It seems like that many bad choices are hard to stop once you make them. And so, for example, some people ask me, say, Mike, why why don't you drink alcohol? Like, you don't drink it at all, okay? Because I don't have, personally, have a problem with with someone if they, you know, have a a glass of wine or something with their meal or something like that. But I, I don't do that. I have my reasons why I don't do that. One, because I try to be an example to, to others. Um, but also, just really simply, like if I take myself out as a pastor and just think about me as a person, um, I think, you know what? God's given me a lot of options. There's a lot of other things I can drink. And I don't really need to, to drink alcohol necessarily, even though I, I could without ne- sinning, I guess you'd say. Um, but when I observe the negative effects that it has on people's lives not all people but some people i've seen people who get a taste of it and you know what they they can't stop they just don't have the the self-control within them to have a glass or have a glass with their dinner it's like they get a taste and they go down that road and they there's no turning back okay and so they make that choice but in the end some people end up becoming a slave to that choice to where it's not a choice anymore they just they crave it they 
got to have it. They go crazy if they don't. And I just look at that and I think, you know what? Just me as a person, I, I don't want to risk it. I don't want to find out if I like it too much. Do you know what I'm saying? And so when I think about choices, and uh, alcohol is only one example of choices that are bad choices that are hard to stop once we get started. Think about gambling, pornography, stealing, lying, cheating, gossiping, all those things. Certain degrees for others. I mean, once you start them, they can be very, very hard to stop. God, the good choices, the many good choices that God give us, it doesn't lead us down that road. It helps us maintain our freedom. We maintain the freedom to choose. Okay? How many of you are following me this morning? Amen. Well, while it is true that God gives us many good choices, what do we do when we can't tell the difference between a good and a bad choice? What do we do? How do we tell the difference? And to uh, answer this question, I would like to attempt to play a game this morning. Now, uh, a side question. Are those lights out there? Are those bright enough for you? Would you like them up a little bit? Can you see okay? Put them up just a little? Okay, let's put them up just a little, Dwayne. That way people can see uh, their Bibles and whatnot. Perfect. And I'm sensing you're a quiet bunch this morning, so I'm wondering how this is going to go over today. But uh, we'll give it a try. Okay, there's uh, three $5 Starbucks gift cards on the line here. And um, Owen, would you help me with this? Just pick up this table with me. Perfect. Let's bring this over here. We're going to answer the question, what do we do? Let's put this right here. This is fine. And we're going to need that garbage pail. Or garbage pail. Perfect. Just in case. All right. Right, right here in the middle. Okay. Perfect. Okay, so here's, here's this game. It's an eating challenge. Like a race. Okay. Here's how I was going to do this initially. You were going to have two teams. Two teams of three people, three on each side. Each team gets five Twinkies. They must eat three of them as fast as they possibly can. The winners, whoever gobbles them up the fastest, each of those people win a $5 gift certificate to Starbucks. That easy. It's that easy. How many, well, do I have six? I'm looking for six, but I might be able to do this with fewer. Okay, come on up, come on up, come on up. I've got three. Who else would like to challenge them? Hudson, come on up. Okay, come on up. Who else? I need one more. Oh. No, because I only have three gift cards. We got six. Okay. All right. So, Barry and Carrie, you guys are on opposite teams because we're going to up the ante a little bit. Are you, you like middle school? Barry's our middle school youth director, so we're going to go middle school versus the adults. Okay, so this is your tray, guys. This is your tray. This is your tray, okay? Now, there are five Twinkies there, and you're probably wondering, well, if there are five Twinkies, why do we only have to eat three as fast as we can? There is a twist to this game, okay? There are sardines there, two of them. There are two of those Twinkies are stinky, But I put sardines in the Twinkies, okay? So here's, it's just like when uh, 
you know, we have choices in front of us. And sometimes good choices look just like bad choices, okay? And so you, you can't touch the Twinkies. You can inspect them. I will give you uh, a good five seconds to inspect them. And each of you will make a choice. Whatever Twinkie you touch, you eat, okay? Get up close. Get up close. I'm going to give you five seconds. I'm going to give you five seconds. All right, don't eat it yet. You can take it. You can pick it up. Don't eat it yet. Okay, and I've got this pail here just in case your stomach is weak. Okay? Okay, we're going to give them a five-second countdown before they have to start. Winning team. They have to be gone, like, not like still chewing. They have to be totally chewed and ah and gone. One per each of you. All right? Get your Twinkies. Five. Four. Get a Twinkie. You're up here, bro. Three. Two. One. Go! Eat it. Eat as fast as you can. Oh! 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 <laughs> go, go. He got a stinky Twinkie. Go, go, go. Go, go. Did anybody get a stinky Twinkie? Oh, Drew did. Oh, no. You did too. Oh, no. Oh, no. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> Keep going. You got to eat as fast as you can. Oh, open up. I got $5 gift card. One, two. Oh, good. Go. You got to go. Go, go, go. Hudson, you're holding your team up. Oh, they're done. Give them a round of applause. Five dollars for each of you to Starbucks. Five dollars for each of you. Thank you. Yours. Oh, you saw a sardine once you got into it. Oh, that is so funny. Give him another round of applause because those. I I could not personally play that game. Jamie's like, you should play this game too, and I was like, I I just can't stomach that stuff. I can't do it. I can't do it. They're braver than I am. Oh, man. You know what? Choices, some, sometimes choices are like that. We get in and, and they look, you can't tell the difference between a good choice and a stinky choice, okay? So how do we tell the difference? How do we tell the difference? Well, there's a couple simple ways. One, and I think first and foremost, is read the Bible, Okay, there are a lot of people making stinky choices every day simply because they do not know what God says. God gives them counsel and tells them, hey, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you do this, this good thing will happen. So read the Bible. Another wonderful thing is to pray. Okay, prayer does amazing things. When we open up our hearts to just respond and communicate with God, um, he speaks to us and he'll give us some insight, give us some wisdom. And even after that, if you still have a hard time telling the difference between a good choice and a stinky choice, you can talk to your pastor, you can talk to uh, an elder of, of the church uh, or a, a trusted Christian friend, okay? And together we can sort it out. And so that was wonderful. Thanks guys for playing. Hopefully that coffee, coffee can uh, wash that bad taste out of your mouth there. All right, so let's uh, take a second. We're gonna take a stand uh, stretch and share break for three minutes. And I want to ask you this question, okay? When have you made a stinky choice? Just now, he said, just now. 
When have you made a stinky choice? What did you learn from it? How did you come out of it? Okay? And if you can't think of one, share with somebody a time when you, you wanted to make that bad choice, but you didn't, and you look back and you're like, oh, man, I'm so glad I made that good choice. Okay? So stand up on your feet. We're going to give you a little bit of, of, of beat music here. I want you to uh, find someone to share that story with in three minutes, okay? We'll be right back. Well, welcome back. Thanks for sharing. Oh, we're doing good. Take your seats there. Wonderful. 
So let's just take a, a quick moment to, to summarize the, the sermon this, thus far. Okay, so God gives us many good choices. He does that because he, he wants to give us that, that freedom to choose. And the good choices God gives us help us maintain that freedom. They, do, they don't come with any, uh, any a, a tendency to uh, addiction, okay, or to trap us in that choice. And only when we uh, maintain our freedom to choose do or can we live the abundant life that Jesus died to give us. And so that's the, the, the first part. The second part is when we can't tell the difference between a, a good choice and a bad choice, we need to make sure that we're in the scriptures, that we're praying and communicating and talking with uh, trusted Christian counselors. And so um, let's come back to the scriptures here. We'll, we'll finish up uh, our this sermon this morning. So remember, there were many good choices in the garden. But how many bad choices? How many? Just one. And it had devastating consequences. God states the consequences of that bad choice plainly in Genesis 2.17. Look back there with me real quick. Genesis 2.17 says, uh, You may freely eat of every tree except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. It doesn't get a whole lot plainer than that. Let's take a look at the rest of this story. Go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. says, The woman saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Skip up to verse 13 of chapter 3. Let's keep reading just a little more. Um, so then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. I'll skip up to verse 16. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And to the man he said, verse 17, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust into dust you will return. So, why are good choices an essential characteristic of an abundant life? Because, this is actionable insight number two, choices have consequences. Every choice we make has a consequence. Good choices have good consequences. Bad choices have bad consequences. Some choices set you up, while other choices set you back, Right? And it's just like in a game of chess. Why is this true? Well, if you look in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, we see this, that God institutes this law of sowing and reaping. Okay? If you sow an apple seed, you will reap an apple tree. Nothing else comes from an apple seed. And it's the same thing with our choices. If we sow a good choice, we reap good things. Bad choices reap bad things. What we plant, we will always reap. 
And so what were the consequences of Adam and Eve's bad choice? Let's take a look at them again. Look in verse uh, 16. God says, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. You will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And so we see that painful childbirth is one consequence. Okay, how many women could have done without pain in childbirth? Uh, yeah, definitely, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. It, you, all natural, you said. And Jamie was that same way. It's like a, a warrior, toughest woman I know. Uh, I wouldn't have lasted five minutes, let's just say that. A pain in childbirth. The second thing is that women it says, would have a natural tendency towards manipulation. Look at that. You will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. So she's going to want to be in charge, but not able to do so. I've heard it said many times that the man is the head of the home, but the woman is the neck. And she can turn that man just about any way she wants, right? Well, uh, that's humorous, but it can lead to some conflict in the home. Uh, what about Adam? Adam's work would be cursed, okay? Uh, work was going to be a struggle for man, meaning there would be times where the man would do everything right and still his work would fail, leading to frustration and just at work. I just, when I was studying this, I thought of all the friends and all the men I know, uh, including myself at times in the past, who just... Man, work is just like a primary source of frustration in their lives. It's just like, I'm doing everything right and I can't get ahead. And I, I, I don't know what to do differently, okay? I don't have to raise your hand, but I'm sure that every man here has been at that point uh, at, at some point in their lives. And so we can thank Adam and Eve for these, these consequences. Um, and what I also learn is, you know what? It's true that all choices have consequences, but some consequences can be pretty long-lasting. I mean, look at this one choice. We're still thousands of years later suffering because of this one bad choice that they made. Now, think about this again. Was this a dumb choice? Yeah. All right. It was a very dumb choice. But were they done? No. God still loved them. God still had a plan for their lives. He still gave them an opportunity to respond and and continue in, in relationship with him. And, and we have to remember that for ourselves as well. We may be dumb, but we're not done. So, how can we apply this sermon? Let's go back to our first actionable insight. Let's, let's look at how we can respond to that. Here's the first thing. Remember, God gives us many good choices. So how can we respond to that? We need to change our attitude towards God. We need to change our attitude towards Him. I, I know of, uh, of some people who... They think God is always trying to limit them. And in fact, God is just trying to keep them free. He's put, he uh, gives us lots of good choices and any boundaries he would put on our lives saying, hey, watch out for that, don't do that, stay away from this. It's because he loves us so much. And he knows that if we go into that, that area uh, and make that bad choice, that there's a really good chance we're going to end up getting stuck in that bad choice starting these non-virtuous cycles of behavior that we just are going to have a really, really hard time getting out of. The Apostle Paul tells us this explicitly in Galatians 5.1. Would you turn there with me today? Go to Galatians 5.1, please. That's in the New Testament. 
one of the letters that Paul wrote, Galatians 5.1. Normally I read out of the New Living Translation, that's kind of our unofficial, official translation for Cornerstone, but I really like how the NIV words this. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Christ came, was born, lived, died again, so that we could be free to make, consistently make good choices. Choices that would lead us into that abundant life that He modeled for us, that He wants for us. Okay? It, Christ didn't die so that we could have this humongous list of thou shalt nots. In fact, Paul later in another letter says he nailed all those rules onto the cross when he died, right? He simplified things for us. He died to set us free. And so for that reason, I say, you know what? We need to change our attitude. We need to look at, uh, instead of looking at all the things we can't do, we, because we are Christians, because we're followers of Christ, we need to look at all the things we can do and the fact that we can remain free. Here's one example. And, and you know what? Um, it, this might be a bad example, but this is what came to my, my mind, and there was tons of other things I could have wrote. But um, I know some guys who, um, they have a bad attitude, okay? And just for the sake of this, I'm going to read this, okay? Um, instead of trying to wing it here. It says, oh, woe is me. I only get to sleep with one woman for the rest of my life. I can't even look at other women naked. I have such a hard life. Now, yes, he knows. <clears throat> is, that dog a, is that dog a girl? Yes. She's like, that is garbage. That was, that, translate that there, okay? So here's the good attitude. Because that's the attitude of a, of, of a natural man, okay? Uh, here's the good attitude. Thank God at least one woman in this world will sleep with me on a regular basis. And I don't even have to pay her or trick her into doing so. Not only that, but thank God she is faithful to me and I don't have to share her body or affections with another guy. Furthermore, thank God that she puts up with me, raises my children, washes my clothes, feeds my belly, and manages the affairs of my house while I'm at work. Is that a good attitude? Yes, that's a good attitude. We need to change our attitude towards God. God says, you know what? Um, unless, you, unless you really want to have a terrible uh, marriage and home life and possibly an STD, you should probably be faithful to the one woman that you chose, you know? <laughs> God gives us many good choices, and he's not trying to limit us. He's trying to keep us, in this case, from some really, really bad consequences. You know what? God paid a steep price to keep us free. He paid a steep, a steep price to keep us free from the devastating consequences of bad choices. And you know, if you're here and you're listening, you're like, you know what? I'm caught in a in one of those non-virtuous cycles. I, I'm caught in one of those bad choices. I just can't seem to stop making that bad choice. Well, I want you to know that freedom, breaking free and breaking out of that cycle starts with a good relationship with God and, and faith in Christ. And you know what? If you are interested in learning more about Jesus and you're here today, you maybe don't know much about him, just catch me, catch my wife. She's the uh, worship leader up here this morning. Catch one of the elders of our church. We would be glad to... Uh, just share with you more about uh, the good news uh, that Jesus gives us. So catch me after the service. Um, God wants us to live in freedom. 
And as a result, Paul follows that uh, first statement up immediately with something else. Look at Galatians 5.1 again. He says, so Christ has truly set us free. And then in the NIV it says, so stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And so from that I say, you know what? Stay focused on freedom. The first one was, listen, change your attitude towards God. And second of all, stay focused on freedom. When we make bad choices, we're setting ourselves up for slavery to someone or something else. Now, what is slavery? Except that we lose that power to choose. We lose that freedom to choose what we will do and when. And so staying in God's word, persevering in prayer, fasting a meal or a day, uh, uh, giving to others, fellowshipping with other like-minded people, these are all ways that help us continually stay focused on freedom. See, when we focus on freedom, we'll find that, you know what, there's just not a lot of room in our life, not a lot of time, not a lot of energy, not a lot of resources left over for bad choices. I, I see some people, when they're trying to break free of a, of a bad habit or a, they're caught in that cycle of making bad choices, you know how, what they do to break free? They say, I'm going to focus on not making that bad choice. And that is the worst thing to do because while they try to, to not focus on that bad choice, they indirectly are putting their focus on that bad choice. Okay? And so what I say, instead, instead of saying, uh, like, pornography, pornography, for instance. Okay, a person who is addicted to pornography, they can't stop looking. Okay? Uh, the very act of not looking keeps them indirectly focused on it. And so what they need to do instead is to put their mind and their energy and their resources into something positive like God's Word, okay? And as they think about God's Word, they will naturally find, you know what? There's just not a lot of time left over for pornography, okay? And so while they may occasionally be confronted or tempted with it, the appeal of that product will, be, have, will have lessened. And so I look at this and I think, you know what? As we put our focus on freedom and just staying free, we can use this not only for simple things, but even other things like, you know, we have food or drink or medicines or just different things that we take into our body. We can say, okay, if I do this, if I eat those five Oreos, is there a chance I'm going to finish the entire pack? Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll skip those Oreos and take a walk instead, right? Okay, so look at uh, Galatians 5.1 because this is, uh, this is your, our memory verse for the week. We're trying to dig into God's word more than ever this year. And so as we read through the Old Testament, you'll find I'm giving you another challenge. I want you to try, and this is a challenge for me too, but I want you to try to commit to this scripture to memory, okay? And I say this is a challenge for me too because my mind what, what I memorize is where to find stuff, okay? So like I could, I have all sorts of scriptures in mind. I don't know them word by word, but I know where to find them in my Bible relatively fast, okay? And so it's going to be a challenge for me too to actually memorize this word for word. But it's awesome because if you remember, uh, maybe a month or so ago, we talked about sanctification. Now sanctification is falling for, failing forward. 
when we get up. And when we're tempted, when we have a bad choice, when we're confronted with a bad choice, that there's usually not time to go find our Bibles and point to it and say, you know, this is why I shouldn't make that bad choice. It's important to have the scriptures just memorized, okay? How many of you can testify to that? Yeah, they help tremendously. And so I want you to commit to this, this scripture to memory. Galatians 5.1. All right. Um, let's close here. And we're going to stick in Galatians for just a quick second. Go to Galatians verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 7 as we close. Look at Galatians uh, chapter 6, verse 7. He says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. Those who consistently make bad choices, sinful, selfish choices, they're going to reap of that decay and death. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. And so, Paul is telling us, listen, consistently making good choices, that can get tiring at times. It can be, it can be exhausting, continually saying no to things, that, especially when we feel tempted. I wrote down a, a, a few things, just thoughts here. It's like, sometimes it can be a struggle to remain faithful to our spouse if we're constantly confronted with opportunities to do the opposite. It can be a struggle to tell the truth when we are constantly confronted with people who are benefiting from lying. It can be a struggle to do our own work when we are constantly confronted with people who are benefiting from cheating. And on and on and on. We're surrounded by people who, in the short term, it seems like they're benefiting, like they're getting ahead by, with these, make by, uh, through these bad, these sinful and selfish choices. And we look back and like, man, are we, are we missing out on something? But Paul reminds us to not get discouraged when this happens because you cannot mock God. They cannot mock God. If somebody is, is unfaithful or if they're lying or if they're cheating or if they're gossiping, if they're making these bad choices, Paul says you cannot mock the justice of God. They will always harvest what they plant. And so even though in the short term they look like they're benefiting, in the long term, Paul says it always leads to decay and death. And so he says, listen, and, and I say to you and myself this morning, we cannot stop making good choices. We can't get tired. We have to endure and continually make good choices. Because even though it may appear to cost us in, that, in the short term, in the long term, it always leads to that abundant life that Jesus died to give us. How many of you can say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's, let's pray. And just ask God to just help us to incorporate or reincorporate this essential characteristic into our life this year. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we just come before you this morning. We're just so thankful. We're so thankful that you give us many good choices. We're so thankful you give us the Word, the Bible, to help us discern between good and bad choices, especially when we can't tell the difference between the two, Lord. And we're so thankful, Lord God, that, that, that you are a just God and we always reap 
what we sow. And I just pray for these people today. I, I know most of these people just from what I know of them. God, they're making a lot of really good choices. And so I just pray a blessing over their lives today as they go. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that this week that they would begin, if they haven't already, to see a harvest come from these good choices, whether it be at work, responding to, to rudeness with kindness. Lord God, whether it be they're, they're, they're giving uh, uh, financially, Lord, to bless someone else when they, uh, Lord, they're short themselves. I pray let it come back to them, God. Let these good choices, as they follow through on the things that you've asked them to do, let them just uh, see the benefits, God, in their lives this week. I thank you so much for bringing us here this morning and giving us the opportunity to worship you. And so be with us as we go. Bring us back again to, to praise you and to worship you once more. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you shake uh, three hands before you leave today? Make sure you sit, tell someone you're so glad to see them. Thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.